1: Out my
0: window, and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman, and neither are you.
1: Hey guys, what is going on? And welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patton, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Uh, how are you doing today?
0: Doing well. Uh, it's good to be talking baseball again. Uh, how are you doing today?
1: doing all right i'm doing all right you know my mic works so i'm doing okay Um,
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah apologies for the uh for the quality that this might bring i'm using a macbook microphone now because uh my blue yeti just does not want to be recognized
1: it's tired of you trying to put it in its place Um,
0: (laughs) tired of me always just yelling at it spitting on it etc
1: all Blue that. Yeti, your Blue Yeti is Jerry Depoto, and you're Bob Nightingale. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just tired of your BS. Um, yeah. But anyways, guys, on today's show, um, we're going to talk some Kyle Lewis. Uh, you now, well, since the last time we talked, uh, we have a full week of games to talk about and uh, mm-hmm. some fun stuff there. Uh, we also yep. want to talk about uh, Shed Long. Um who is certainly having a nice little uh, September here as well. Um, and then we're just going to kind of see where it takes us. And then right now we just have the one question regarding a uh, Marco Gonzalez extension. So uh, all that is going to be discussed and probably some other stuff that we think of off the top of our heads, because you guys should know by now our podcast style is, you know, Scott service bullpen style just throw stuff against the wall, see what works. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yep. yeah. anyways, um, let's start right off at the top here with the, the guy who's kind of sweeping, uh, Mariners fandom right now. That would be uh one Kyle Lewis who uh-huh. made his debut a week ago and, um, well, I mean, things have gone pretty well, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, as a, as a, just a baseball fan, I see all these teams getting their, you know, these young prospects in making their debuts and then they go off for like a week. And I'm just like, I wish that would happen to us. And that's what's happened here for the last week with Kyle Lewis. It's, uh, I mean, the guy's just in the zone right now. Um, Just really comfortable at the plate. The game just doesn't look too big for him. And uh, and he's seeing the ball really well right now. Obviously, last night, got the golden sombrero. So that uh, diminishes the... uh, the overall stat line a little bit, but, you know, he had to come down to earth at some point. And, uh, but for the, you know, the other six games before last night's, uh, just, just dominant, just day in, day out, um, showing a lot of great power, showing why his stats, you know, may have been skewed by that, um, awful, you know, park for, for right-handed hitters in Arkansas. And, Um, yeah, we're, we're seeing everything that we saw in spring training from him. Um, and, uh, and, and that's just continuing here and, uh, it's really, really exciting. And it's now, you know, it's changed the narrative on Kyle Lewis, um, and, and kind of where he fits in, in the future of this team. I, I, I think,
1: yeah, um, I said, it's obviously he got off to a great start. Uh, the series against, uh, Cincinnati in which he, uh, broke up two, no hitters, um, game tying home run and then a go ahead home run. Um, I mean, the series was just insane. He was homered in his first, uh, in his first uh, three games at the big league level. That was awesome to see. Um, totally unsustainable. And I think everybody knows that. Uh-huh. Um, but it was just kind of the quality of the at-bats more than the the results themselves. We saw him hit the ball hard a lot. Uh, We saw him use the whole field. We had uh, two home runs to left center field. We had one to right center field, and we had another one off the batter's eye in dead center field. Um, None of them, uh, none of them cheap ones either. So uh, he handled velocity, right? We saw that with Bauer and, uh, Bauer and gray and things like that. He handled the off speed stuff of Mali And, uh, you know, he's, he looked, he looks good. Um, obviously there's still, uh, quite a bit to, uh, to work on. Uh, he's not a finished product. We already knew that, uh, you know, the strikeouts he's going to swing and miss. That's going to be a part of his game. Even when he's, you know, even when he's done developing,
0: quote uh-huh.
1: unquote, yep. uh, he's going to strike out, right. Um, He's also, but he has shown, uh, that the power that we thought was there, uh, it's still there. Uh, Uh you know, it's funny because coming out of his draft year, I think people had like 65 raw power on him out of 80. Uh, and then this year MLB pipeline put it at 50 for some reason, uh, Uh, the power is still there. It's just a matter of hitting the ball in the air, um, versus on the ground. And you talked about the, uh, the, God awful splits that he had, um, home and away. And, uh, I, I don't know what the double a ball, par- I don't remember what the double a ball park is called, but, uh, it is death on right-handed hitters. So, yep. um, yep. It just kind of puts that all to bed and let you know that, yeah, you know, Kyle Lewis can hit the baseball over the fence. Uh, it's not 50 raw power or it's not 50 game power either. We're talking about legitimate 55 to 60 game power. We're talking 65 raw power. Uh, this guy can put on a show. I mean, he hit the longest home run
0: that any Mariner has hit this year. So, And that's right. with guys like Domingo Santana and Daniel Vogelbach on the team.
1: Right. Vogelback hit one into the third level. And yep. uh, Kyle Lewis beat him. Uh, yep. And think that particular home run was 109 off the bat, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's awesome, man. We've seen him hit a home run with a 2-0 count, get ahead, and then crush it. We saw him uh, ambush a fastball. I believe it was the Sonny Gray. <laughs> right. uh, Yeah. First pitch fastball down the middle, tried to sneak one by the rookie. (laughs) He sent that one into orbit. So, um, yeah, you know, it's really exciting to see Kyle Lewis. Uh, it's, it's not a finished product. We all know that. And I don't think anybody would expect it to be. Um, but you know, he's handling himself, uh, fairly well. And, uh, he's going to get another two weeks. I think he'll be in the lineup basically every day. And, uh, We'll see how that goes. Now, I think the question this naturally leads to is, how does this impact his arrival in 2020? Um, You know, it certainly seemed highly likely that he was going to uh, make his, uh, his stick year was going to be 2020. Uh, He'd get to the big leagues and stay. Uh, But what do you think? How does this impact his, uh, his timeline going forward? Um,
0: I think he's given himself a legitimate shot to win the right field job out of camp next year. Um, you know, and obviously that's going to come down to, of course, health and how he performs in the spring and how other players shake out and what they want to do with his service time and all that. But I think, um, yeah, I think he's he's got a way better chance than he did a week ago to break camp with this team.
1: Sure. Um, like I said, I it's interesting to see uh, there's really no reason to send him back to double a uh, mm-hmm. as we've talked about them doing with Kelnick And we've talked about that with Gilbert and uh, we talked about whether or not Julio should go back to Modesto to start the year. Uh, really no reason to send Lewis down to double a. Yeah. Um, so I think triple a is at least a lock. And then, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. You know, there's a lot of question marks here. We still have to know, uh, what the Mariners do with Domingo Santana and Malik Smith and Mitch uh-huh. um, they trade. If they don't trade any of those guys, then you're kind of... I mean, you're kind yeah. of... You're looking at Jake Fraley, Braden Bishop, and Kyle Lewis for one spot, basically. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I, I think he's put himself in a position where it's no longer impossible to see him uh, make the opening day lineup you know, I believe on March 26th when they open against the Texas Rangers, it's possible. Um, I, I still don't think it's likely. I think he probably starts the year in Tacoma. Where, where do you think he starts?
0: Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really going to depend on what happens in the off season. If they're able to trade Mitch Haniger, I think there's no reason for him to not be on the opening day roster. Um, and if they're also training, trading Domingo as well. Um, uh, i mean you get i don't know i I, i'm gonna say tacoma right now um but that's just assuming that they don't trade anyone and that lewis kind of comes back down to earth and um doesn't do you know too much in spring training to just force their hand um because they they really don't have to to force this and they they you know obviously with with service time and all that so that's that's kind of out of the window. So it's gonna take him. Uh, a, it's gonna take a whole lot for him to actually force his way onto this team. And I mean, if he hits like this, obviously you have to keep him. But um, assuming that's not going to happen, probably AAA. Yeah. Um.
1: He's, I mean, he's only 24 years old. So, um. You know, two, two, uh, uh two months or a month or two in uh, Tacoma isn't going to kill his uh his prospect value at all um he said it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do there um you know they they seem very high on kyle lewis they have been for a long time even when everybody else was kind of fading back uh they were still singing his praises on the batted ball profile and things like that so um I, i think it's pretty safe that, uh, Kyle Lewis gets a long extended look in, uh, spring training or in a spring training, he'll probably be there until the final cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he'll start the year in triple a, but I don't think it's inconceivable that he is the, uh, he's, you know, the starting right fielder or what whatever in, on, mm-hmm. uh, March 26th. So, yeah. All right. So hopefully Kyle Lewis has a strong uh, final two weeks here and we can kind of see the, uh, the growth and what he needs to work on and things like that. Um, <clears throat> so let's transition here to another Seattle Mariner. Uh, technically still a prospect. Um, yep. may not be by the end of the month. Uh, but he's hitting right now. He's five consecutive, uh, multi-hit games. That of course is, uh, Shedrick Bernard long. Uh, you guys probably know him as shed, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's looking like a player, man. What have you seen from shed?
0: Yeah. I think you've seen, uh, you know, similar to Kyle Lewis, everything you saw in spring training. Uh, if we remember, you know, shed long was the, was the first guy to really jump out in camp back then. And, uh, and that's, you know, and, and it's also a, uh, it's a culmination of getting healthy as well too, you know, and really starting to figure out major league pitching and how pit major league pitchers are going to attack him. And, um, and he looks comfortable now. I think he, I think he's kind of figured out his groove, uh, at major league level and he, and he's going with it and they've been putting him at the top of the lineup and that's really working out well for him. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the things that we've seen out of shed.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it is a shame with all the injuries that, uh, we didn't get to see more of him. Um, but, uh, I, I do I did find it interesting. He started his major league career oh for twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh remember the, the long wait for the first hit. Uh since then he's had one hundred and nine plate appearances and his slash line is two ninety, three forty nine, four ninety. Um with a uh one hundred and sixty two game pace of forty seven doubles, twenty four homers and eighteen steals. Uh that's a really good player. So uh-huh. um yeah. Like I said, he's 24 years old, uh, so still um, still some work to be done there. He's not a finished product. Uh, we still don't know where the heck he's going to play uh, yeah. defensively. He's been getting a lot of time in left field this go-around, uh, mm-hmm. which will be interesting because if Shedlong ultimately ends up in the outfield, um, what does – I mean, the Mariners have a lot of outfielders, so – What do you you think this is just trying to get him in the lineup or do you think that maybe they potentially see him as a left fielder as opposed to kind of the utility guy they pictured coming into the year?
0: Yeah, I think it's just um, trying to see if he can be that super utility Um, and it's about getting his bat into the lineup. And also, you know, right now, second base is they want to get D Gordon more more opportunity to shine and maybe help build his value going into the offseason a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think it's just circumstance right now. Um, he's looked fine in the outfield and, and, um, you know, and, and if he can, and if he can be that guy that can be kind of your Marwin Gonzalez or whatever, moving forward, just as long as you can get him into the lineup consistently and him being able to play multiple positions is going to do that. Um, yeah, I think you gotta, you gotta feel pretty comfortable with where you're at with shed even, uh, even if he's still figuring things out like on the defensive
1: end. Sure. Um, you know, I still think uh second base is probably going to be a spot. I think, yeah. uh, I I don't know. I think he'll probably end up being about league average there. I don't think there's uh, much potential for more than that. Uh, mm-hmm. It is worth noting that in his 61 innings in left field, um He does have a zero defensive run save metric, um, pointing to average, um, zeros average. And that's again, that's 61 innings. He does have a UZR 150 of 11.8. Um, which is interesting because at second base, he has a UZR rating of, uh, 0.8. So it's not really a range issue. Um, he gets to most balls. It's just, uh, making the play at the end there. So we'll see how that continues to develop. But, um, shed is uh, most certainly going to be the opening day or he'll be on the opening day 25 man roster
0: yeah yeah i um, think i think that's a pretty safe bet uh you know and um obviously they've they've been giving, giving Dylan Moore some more run here towards the end but i i don't think that really indicates much for for his potential moving forward or or you know in terms of uh making the major league roster i don't i don't know about that but Shed's probably going to be the utility guy, if not the starting second baseman on opening day. Uh, and then, of course, that depends on what happens with D and potentially if they go out and sign a veteran to play second base, et cetera. I, we'll have to see how that shakes out. But, yeah, I think it's uh, almost a fork on conclusion that Shed, if not traded, is going to be on the major league roster in March.
1: Yeah. Um, seems unlikely to be traded. So I think... Yeah. What the Mariners are looking at right now. Um, by the way, just real quick note: uh, you mentioned Dylan Moore. You know, oh. Dylan Moore has a 96 WRC plus, with 100 being average. Mm. Uh, do you want to take a stab at what uh, Gene Segura's WRC plus is this year? It's got to be like 92. Yeah, it's that's, 93. Yeah,
0: that's that's where he's been for most of the year because I've been keeping an eye on that for the uh, for the cold take exposure of uh you know. Exposal of the uh, you know, all the takes of JP. why did we, yeah, JP Crawford and, and Gene Segura and all that. And you know, not to say that Gene Segura has been bad, he's had one of his best defensive years this year, but yeah, you know, it, it, too. yeah, and um, but I mean, JP is the younger player, controllable, much cheaper. I'm I'm good, I'm yeah. good with that trade now. <laughs> and i was uh, and, you know and i was one of the biggest critics of the trade. like most people i didn't get it really uh, at first but you know after a couple of days it kind of made more sense to me and then uh as the season has gone along we've, we've seen that JP Crawford's pretty solid of course the um, injuries have you know kind of made things a little bit con- inconsistent for him this year and uh you know he started out in aAA and everything and so he, he's he's kind of had a weird season. Um, but I, I, I'm perfectly fine with where he is at and what he could bring next year. So, sure.
1: Um, real quick, just kind of wrap up on shed long. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the Mariners talked about him being a super utility player that they were going to play everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I still think they want him to be able to play multiple positions. I just don't know if they are going to, um, I just I think they want that option to say, hey, you know what, we need a uh, more, you know, Tim Lopes in the game. They're going to play second base and then shed. You can go play left field today. I just think they want that option to just say, hey, you know what, you're going to be our primary second baseman. But, you know, there are situations that we might need to move you around and you just need to be prepared for that. So, um,
0: hmm.
1: I, you know, I don't know if it's they're going to go out of their way to make sure he plays you know, like a roughly even distribution of games at second, third left. You know, I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I think he's going to be a primary second baseman, but, uh, you know, never hurts to have that versatility. And, uh, the, yeah, bat, the bat that we've seen recently, uh, will certainly, uh, travel to any position. So, um, yeah. it's fun. Uh, the Mariners, Mariners are fun to watch in a season where they're going to lose less than 100 games. Uh, but, uh, Probably no fewer than 95, ninety five, ninety ninety four ish. But you know, it's nice because now we get to watch uh, Shedlong and Kyle Lewis. So, uh, hooray, I guess. And
0: and don't forget about Donnie Baseball.
1: That's right, baby. Donnie Walton got himself his first rip the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm really happy for Donnie Walton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad he's up. Uh, now, if only we could just get Braden Bishop a little more playing time. Uh, that would be yeah. great. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, uh fun time to watch the Mariners, surprisingly enough. And uh they're actually playing some pretty good baseball. They've won uh two series in a row and now they're uh up one on Pittsburgh. Um games left. Yep. Chance to uh to take that series and then I think they wrap up against uh what they have two against Houston and then
0: No, there's just three game sets from here on out, I think. It's uh, Oakland and then Houston.
1: For the final six. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, at home. Um, So, yeah, I I think uh, that's pretty much everything we're talking about the big league team for. Um, Justin Dunn does get another start tonight, I believe. Um, Today's
0: Wednesday, right? Yep, yep, yep. He's pitching
1: tonight. He'll get another uh, chance to uh, to do his uh, opening thing. Uh, so hopefully it goes better than the last time. Um, but hey, you know, if it doesn't. Yeah. Um, you
0: know, and, and as for Dunn, did we talk about his start last week? I guess we should talk about that if we haven't. Um, but yeah, you know, for him, that was really, you know, just nerves. And also, you know, this has been his um, uh, heaviest season in terms of production or in terms of uh in terms of innings pitch and everything. Um, so he's, you know, that's probably showing some wear and tear towards the end that you, you see that with pretty much every young pitcher. Um, so not a whole lot to be discouraged by with, with Justin Dunn. Um, it's just, you know, again, circumstance and, and just a long, his first long season. It was the first time he's cracked 100 plus innings um, pitch this year. So, uh, and he's at what, 130, 2 now if you include his whatever it was .2 innings last week. So, um yeah, so we'll see if he if he can bounce back um going up against per, uh, this is how I personally feel uh, but going up against a lesser uh opponent than the Reds. Um and uh yeah, we'll see if that helps him a little bit. Um but just really want to just see the uh just want to see the control get a little bit better. He was just all over the place and just really couldn't find the zone. And then he did have a couple uh, questionable calls on him that didn't really help and just kind of made things snowball into a worse situation. But yeah, so we'll see.
1: Hopefully, Tom Murphy's behind the plate tonight. Um, yeah, that was a, yeah, that was another yeah, that
0: was another thing that was a little about <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know about pairing Omar Narvaez with any of the young pitchers this year, right. yeah, or next year maybe, until yeah. like they get a, at least a couple starts under their belts.
1: Sure. Uh, we'll see how it works out. But uh, one other thing to uh, to remember is is that uh, Justin Dunn uh, spent the entire year in Double A, uh, uh-huh. so he did not use, he has not used the major league ball since spring training, right? Uh, and the ball is different at the big league level. The seams are different. Uh, so you have to learn how to, uh, how to pitch, um, with that ball. So, um, hopefully it goes better for him. Uh, I don't think he'll be in there long enough to get his first major league at bat, but that would be pretty fun. So, uh, maybe the Mariners should hit around in the first inning so we can see Justin Dunn's bat. uh, (laughs) Actually, you know what, Justin Dunn, you go stand in the back corner and you just watch those pitches go by. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do not get hurt. It's not worth
1: it. Yeah. I didn't like seeing Marco take the turn around first base last night. Like I know he's a good athlete and everything, but uh, let's take it easy there, Marco. Uh,
0: pitchers to run.
1: <laughs>
0: I want to see a pitcher steal. Oh
1: boy! Well, I, I, not want, I want everybody
0: can be Bartolo Colon. I want to see Tommy Malone steal a base. Today. <laughs> oh, God, that's uh, all I'm calling for. Come on, we got eleven games left. I want to see something crazy happen.
1: I'm still what? waiting for Daniel Vogelbach center fielder I
0: mean, or pitcher yeah' oh, let's what get, the hell catcher yeah let's let's get blown out tonight so we can have uh Cornelius pitch that'd be, that'd
1: be forever cool. cementing his legacy in Seattle yeah. yeah. all right so um didn't really get much in the way of questions today from you guys. thanks a lot uh, but uh, the one question we did get came from uh at Seattle underscore zero nine. Um, He wants to know what our thoughts are on a possible Marco Gonzalez extension, uh, what we think a fair price would be and whether or not uh, we think it's a good idea to sign him. So let's get a few of the basics out of the way right now. Uh, Marco Gonzalez is wrapping up his age 27 season, which so he'll start next year at age 28. Uh Um, He is signed for uh, one about one million dollars next year. Uh, before he hits arbitration uh, following 2020. So uh-huh. uh, he'll make $1 million next year. And these are just rough estimates here that I've worked out here. Year one of arbitration, he'll make about $4 million. Uh, year two, he'll make between 8 to $10 million. In year three, he'll probably make somewhere between 10 to $13 million. So uh-huh. just for simplicity's sake, let's say it's 4 eight, twelve. $8, um, in his three years of arbitration, that takes them up to up through the twenty twenty three season. So, you have uh, one million dollars next year, four million the year after, eight million the year after, and then roughly twelve million the year after. So you have them for four years at roughly mm, twenty five to thirty million dollars, give or take. Uh huh. All right. And that's just if you play this out and you don't extend them, um, and the arbitration numbers don't go completely out of control. You're looking Uh at having him right now on a contract that is essentially a four-year, $30 million deal. So Uh uh, you have him through his ages, uh, 28 through 31 season, and then he's a free agent. Right. All right. So with all that in mind, do you think an extension at this point makes sense?
0: Yes. And because it just adds control, right?
1: Right. Uh, and,
0: well, here, you, you clearly have a thought.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm just so if you want to extend him, uh, that's fine. That means at least a five year deal. Uh-huh. Uh, and for it to make sense for the Mariners, uh, you probably want to buy out more than one year of free agency, mm-hmm. um, which tells me, I mean, you're looking at, for me at least, for it to make sense, a six year contract. So ages, uh, 28 through 33, uh, is the years you're buying out there. Uh Um, so we're talking six years, right? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about why Marco's, uh, worthy of a six year deal. And then we'll go ahead and we'll talk, uh, we'll do some more math and try to get a rough idea of what an extension, uh, would cost. So. Well,
0: Marco's consistently gotten better each year that he's been removed from Tommy John surgery. Uh, this year, he's been a uh, nearly a 4 one pitcher. Fangraphs has him at three point six F uh, four. Um, that's twenty-fourth best in the league, and starting pitching is very hard to come by. And when you think about the pitchers that he's statistically been uh, better than, or or where he's above that uh, in terms of WAR. Uh, he's been better than guys like Trevor Bauer this year, Aaron Nola, um, Madison Bumgarner. That's incredibly valuable, and with the way that extensions have worked and the way that the free agency market in general has worked this uh, the last couple of years, you can get him on a on an extension that's pretty much a a. Uh, a steal for you it's going to be extremely team friendly even if you know we'll get into the dollar numbers soon but even if you get him in the mid teens of millions per year uh that's going to be a steal for for a guy that's you know putting up nearly a four win season each year as a pitcher um because there are just there aren't a whole lot of guys out there that can do that and it's incredibly expensive to go out and get someone like that as you start to uh contend um because of just how you know much it costs in the trade market and how that's skyrocketed so yeah uh of course you you want to kind of um jump the gun a little on on what um on his on his potential for the next six years and um just try to you know get a deal done before uh that value continues to increase and and you can lock him down for a, for a pretty team friendly deal if you're if you're um confident in him continuing this trend which he's shown you no reason to not think that way over the last couple of years
1: right um so it looks like marco's going to have about two starts left um uh-huh. he's 11 short of 200 innings which would be a pretty big milestone for him um He is ERA plus is at one Oh six this year. Last year was at one Oh two. His walks are up. His strikeouts are down. His FIP is up. uh, His whip is up. Um, So his ERA is just slightly up. Um, So I I don't want to say it's, he's obviously been better this year than he was last year. uh, But you know, it's pretty consistent. Um, Everything's within the margin of error, uh, so to speak. So, um nothing too surprising uh but let's let's talk a little bit about some of the cons and some of the reason you might have hesitation here um for me it starts with um, you know paying a pitcher past his age 30 31 season right um, and those would conceivably be the most expensive years mm-hmm. uh of that contract um so that's an issue the other issue is um you know, the Mariners have this really uh, interesting group of young starting pitchers coming up. You have Logan Gilbert, Justin Dunn, Justice Sheffield, Yusek Kikuchi, uh, George Kirby, Brandon Williamson. You have a bunch of these guys that are coming up. And the question is, is Marco going to be, you know, is he going to be a you know better starting pitcher than all of those guys? Mm-hmm. Maybe um, it's it's certainly not impossible, um, which and the reason I ask that question is, could it not make more sense to trade Marco Gonzalez right. uh, this year uh, when he is at the maximum of his value of four years of club control at ridiculously good value? So um, yes. it might make more sense to trade him. So um, I, it'll be interesting to see, because last offseason, Jerry DePoto went out of his way uh, to basically you know, say, hey, Marco Gonzalez is a guy we want to build around.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it doesn't seem like they've ever seriously considered trading him. Um, and it's also worth noting that we don't know what his trade value would be because he's not a, a strikeout pitcher.
0: Mm.
1: Um, you know, he's not he's not a number one. I think we can agree on that. Yep. Uh, he's not a number two. Um, not in my mind, at least. I I think he's probably... You know, he's a three. Probably should be a four. Um, and if he's a five, then you have a really good rotation. Um, so, you know, those are just some of the concerns you have to you have to navigate through. Do you want? Uh, are you comfortable paying him into the latter stages of his career? Are you comfort? Are you sure you do not want to trade him? And it's not that signing him to this extension won't give you the option of trading him. Uh, you can uh-huh. still do that. It's but it is, you know, it is going to cost more money for the team to acquire him. Therefore, his value does go down on the trade market. Um, So we'll see. I I just think those are some of the cons that that we need to be cognizant of. Um, All that being said, I think uh, I think if the deal is right, I'm on board. So let's talk some let's talk some uh, dollars and cents here. So. uh remember the goal here is to make sure that it makes sense for the Seattle Mariners. And it also makes sense for Marco Gonzalez. Right. Really? Uh, we're, we're not going to say, Oh yeah, they should give Marco six years and, you know, $12 million. That doesn't make any sense for Marco Gonzalez. He's not going to do that. Right. So um, let's, let's also assume here that Marco Gonzalez does in fact want to sign an extension, uh, something that people seem to kind of forget when we were talking about the Mitch Haniger. Uh, extension possibilities. Uh-huh. Um, and again, not saying that Mitch Hanniger doesn't want to sign an extension here, but uh, haven't really, We we don't know. We just don't know. So we'll see how that goes. But let's assume all of that, right? We've already uh-huh. established six years is kind of the minimum. Right. Okay. So in the first four years, if Marco just plays out the string, okay, he uh-huh. is going to get between 25 and $30 million over the next four years. Okay, Uh you are buying out two years of free agency, Uh which will be his first crack at free agency. And obviously in four years, we have no idea what the market's going to look like. It's really difficult to predict. All we can use right now is the numbers that are in front of us. Uh Um, And so one of the one of the comps uh, that I pulled, uh, Jay Hap, who signed Uh last year, Um, Jay Hap granted j-hap is older when he signed his deal uh they are roughly number fours you know in a good rotation uh Uh, hap is a little bit more or has been in the past a little bit more strikeout heavy but roughly i think they're similar pitchers uh hap is a little older Uh hap last year got a two-year deal um here we go he got a two-year 34 million dollar deal with a third-year option uh, $17 million vesting option. So, uh, 17 million per half is older. Um, it's, you know, he's probably a little more upside, uh, longer track record at this point than, uh, Marco Gonzalez. But I think if Marco's on the free agent market, um, does he get somewhere between 15 to 17 million? I think he probably does. Right
0: um well i pulled a comp and i think this okay, is i think this is a better comp because they're actually the same age
1: oh okay kyle, good.
0: Ka- kyle Hendricks,
1: okay
0: uh, kyle Hendricks signed an extension i believe last year that bumped him up to four million after uh, uh making you know somewhere in the hundreds of thousands um got a similar deal six years um And really, they've been kind of the similar pitchers. Uh, When you look at their strikeout numbers and their walk numbers, uh, Hendricks has been slightly better. Has about one more strikeout, one uh, more walk on his K per nine and uh, walks per nine. But F4, uh, they're pretty much the same. Uh, I think Marco's 3.6 and Hendricks is about – actually, Hendricks is 36 this year as well. Um, So when talking about just straight-up value, they're pretty much the same. Uh, And right now, Hendricks is making uh, seven and a half this year, makes twelve next year, uh, and then fourteen million each year from twenty-one to twenty-three. So I think that maybe kind of where Marco fits in. Maybe you go fifteen instead uh, on the last three years. Maybe sixteen, depending on just how you feel. But uh, I think that's a pretty good uh, ballpark for him. Is is the Kyle Hendricks deal?
1: right uh hendricks is uh only 2 years older um he is closer to free agency than marco was so he had more leverage uh-huh. um but when you factor in things like inflation um i think you know 15 somewhere between 15 to 17 million seems to be about right uh-huh. um, so let's just hypothetically say it's let's call it 16 million dollars let's right. call it let's call it 15 all sure. right so if you're going to buy out two years of Marco Gonzalez's free agent, uh, free agent, you know, earning power, Uh um, you're looking at roughly $30 million right there for those two years. So that would mean in a six year deal, you take the 30 million ish owed in the, uh, four years before he's free agent. You take roughly the $30 million. He would be owed for his two free agent years. And you're looking at six years, $60 million. Um, Extension there. Oh. Uh, now you can you can wait that any way you want. Uh, obviously, if Marco Gonzalez is going to sign that extension, uh, he probably wants an immediate pay raise um, of some kind. So mm. let's just say it's a it's a flat rate ten million dollars per beginning next year. Mm. Uh, so we're looking at again, this is all estimate guys. Let's say it's six, somewhere between six sixty and six, let's say 72. Yep. Just somewhere in that range is that a deal you're signing six year, let's call it six year, $72 million for Marco. You sign in that deal. Yeah. I think So all right. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, I mean, I don't know. My, <laughs> my view of Marco is strange. It's, it's, I'm just not sure if he's actually in three years going to be one of the best five pitchers in this organization. Sure. Um, And that's, I think from the business standpoint, I think that's a smart deal, but I, I don't know, just as as someone just watching a straight up ball and just, I think he's already hit his ceiling personally. Sure. Um, And I
1: think,
0: and I think it, if that's that and you think about the talent that you have in the organization and what you could potentially acquire on the market in the next couple of years, I just I'm not entirely sure if Marco fits in that. So,
1: yeah. Right. Um, I said it's really tough because. We don't know what you can get for Marco Gonzalez on the trade market. That too. Uh, right. And it's just. This is why this is why we're not GMs, um, among other reasons. But, I mean, it's it's just it's tough because we don't know. There's so many factors we don't know. We don't know the exact money. We don't know um, mm-hmm. Marco's desire to stay here. Uh, we do know that he lives in Seattle in the off season. So I mean, take for that what you want. Um, I mean, he's but, from Washington, right? Uh, Colorado. Oh okay.
0: But he did he went... pitch at
1: Gonzaga. Yeah. 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 Right. So, um, which is in Spokane. I don't want anybody to think that we don't know that, that we think Gonzaga is in Seattle. I know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's a fun conversation to have. That's kind of six years, 60 million to 72 million, roughly, give or take. Yeah. Uh, and you have to factor in things like, you know, long term health of the organization and whether or not, uh, you know, whether or not. Marco is going to be one of your five best starters when you're ready to compete. Uh, And if you don't think he is, then you should probably trade him.
0: Uh, And also, you know, and also I, you know, as as enthusiastic as I, you know, as I am about, you know, potentially, you know, buying those two years of free agency, it's also it also stands to reason that should you invest in a guy that's already had Tommy John surgery and invest in his age 32, 33 seasons? You know, yeah. that's, you know, does the durability, you know, does he stay durable? Um, you know, does that elbow hold up? I just, you know, there, there are questions about what his health could look like in five years.
1: Sure. And uh, like I said, I think all that is fair to consider. Um, um. so I think it's it's difficult to it's a lot more complex question than just giving out dollars and cents um, uh-huh. so I don't know what you tell us what you guys think do you, do you believe that you know factoring everything would you sign Marco Gonzalez to a six year let's just call it 70 million dollar extension just uh-huh. kind of split the difference a little bit you sign in that deal uh, for me, I think I would probably just roll with the current situation mm-hmm. one more year, um, yeah. and then kind of readdress this in the off season, um, next off season, of course. Uh, by then, you should have a pretty good idea of uh, where these young arms are. Uh, you'll know Justin Dunn, Justin Sheffield. You have a better idea of their relievers or if they're starters. You'll know if Logan Gilbert is ready to go in 2021. Uh, you'll have George Kirby and Brandon Williamson will have a full year under their belts. Uh, you'll, you'll just have a better general idea of where you are as an organization. Um, so I, I would wait at least one year before I would do that. Um, it, while always listening to trade offers on him, I don't think they'll get one worth where it would be worth them taking it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, I, I think for me, I would just wait on Marco one year and then kind yep. of reassess afterwards. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, All yeah. Right. I think
0: I think if he's a four win pitcher next sure. year, you know, I, I think then at that point you just say you just go ahead and just do it. Um, but again, you know, I personally I think this is kind of the peak for Marco. Um, I don't think he's more than that, and I and I, and that's fine. He's still a fine pitcher, and he can be a middle of the rotation guy in most rotations, but. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know for where this team wants to go, uh, if investing 15 to seven, especially if it's on like, you know, if it's closer to 17 million, uh, per year for a guy that may be your number four, number five in three years. eh, I don't know about that.
1: Right. So, um, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I'm, I think it's a fun thing to talk about. Uh, we haven't had really any extension talks in a while. Um, you know, we talked briefly at the beginning of the year about Domingo Santana and uh, and uh, Alex Smith. We talked in the offseason about Mitch Hanager. Uh We haven't really seen it. I mean, aside from um, Wade LeBlanc, you haven't really seen any uh, in-season extensions signed by the Mariners in a while. So uh-huh. um, it'll be interesting to see what route they decide to go. Um, I don't know this is a priority for the Mariners and Jerry DePoto. They have a lot of things to focus on. Um, let me see. So for me, ultimately, the final answer is let's just wait a year. Uh, we'll reconvene next winter and we'll see where everybody's at. Um, I mean, heck, for all we know, they're going to trade Logan Gilbert and whatever for Mookie Betts. I don't know. We don't know. Uh, so, yeah. uh, And that would definitely change the equation. So it's a good question. It's a fun conversation to have um there's just so many so many variables and um i i would just i would like more time to to just kind of see how the rest of my organization is doing before i decide to do that so right all right so uh thanks for the question there uh Seattle uh Seattle 9 Seattle 09 however you want to go by um good twitter follow the uh it's got a lot to say so you guys should follow him. I think he also has a podcast. You guys can ask him about that on Twitter at Seattle underscore um, zero nine. But uh, now on for the real uh, the real fun. Have you seen the evolution for Farfetched? Yeah. Yeah, it's coming to Sword and Shield. What do you think?
0: Uh, I'm 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 digging it. See, now I'm I'm a fan of the, uh, the Dark Souls games, and I, I think it might be a reference to. Dark Souls, because he has this onion sword, and there's this whole thing with onions and stuff. And so, anyway, so he... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I'm super into it. I love the sword. I uh, yeah. yeah. The leaked sword. Yeah.
1: The leaf shield. Yeah. Uh, if I caught one, I would nickname him Sir Davos, the onion king. <laughs> um, so, so there, there's some nerding out for you right there. Pokemon and Game of Thrones reference. Nice. Yep. Alright, Ty, yeah. so... Uh, that's all we really have today, unless you have something, uh, something you wanted to say, a final thought, or anything like that.
0: Um, let's see here. I think that's about it. I, um, you know, just I. If you guys aren't really paying attention to the Mariners right now, I implore you to go watch a couple of games before the season ends. There's eleven games left on the year. Um, and they're playing some pretty solid ball. Um, you know, and all the guys that we've talked about over the course of the show, Shad Long, Kyle Lewis, uh, Justice Sheffield has looked good, even though that he's, you know, kind of um, worn down later on in games, and that's come back to bite him a bit. Um, there's a lot of young guys that are, are really showing out here towards the end of the year, and, um, yeah, I think it, it, if you want to at least – find some hope in this team and in this organization. Just watch a game. Um, Watch one of these games. It's really exciting um, to see, you know, some of these players that we've talked about for so long come up and they're actually, you know, showing out and and starting to pan out a bit. Um, It's just a really exciting time. And we're starting to see things come together and there's, um, nothing better than that and it's going to give us a lot to to talk about and be excited about in the winter uh so yeah it's it's just it's super fun uh, and i'm really looking forward to next year and looking forward to all the talk during the off season and everything it's just yeah it's gonna be great
1: uh, a couple quick notes that uh, we didn't really talk about in the show but i did want to put out there um mlb pipeline which is kind of the uh the easiest top 100 list to access and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they released their final update of 2019. Uh, they have five Mariners inside the uh, the top 100, including three in the top 50. Uh, Jared Kelnick is 14. Julio R- Rodriguez at 26. Logan mm-hmm. Gilbert at 49. Evan White at 59. And Justin Dunn at 71. Um, so five in the final top 100. And that reminds me the uh, the Arizona Fall League starts tonight
0: yep. and Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez will be playing for the uh Peoria Havalinos uh down in uh down in in, uh, in Arizona so that's going to be uh that's going to be super fun i think some of those games are going to be televised on MLB network i know the like the all-star game that they have is uh televised on there so um we'll actually be able to get uh, to see uh, some of these big names in the in the Mariners uh, farm system, and that's not to to mention also the, you know some of the um, young pitchers that they've sent down there like uh, Sam Delaplane, uh, Raymond Kerr, uh, Pim Murphy, Kerr yeah, and Delaplane. Yeah, uh, Kerr and uh, Delaplane made our uh, top forty list. Uh, you can go check that out on the site SotoMojo.com. Um, and uh, yeah, it's. It, there's a lot of fun stuff going on uh, with the Mariners, and uh, this is kind of the best time of the sports year for uh, for Seattle fans because you got the Seahawks season starting up, and uh, and you know there's a lot of cool things going on with the Mariners. A lot of young guys playing now, and uh, and you can even see some of the other prospects that are not with the major league team uh, play some pretty high level ball with all the uh, all the names that are in the Arizona Fall League this year. It's it's really. It's a really huge deal this year. There, there's a lot of talent in that league. Um, and it's going to be really fun to watch how, how that shakes out over the next, uh, what is it, like three weeks? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's about a month. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think uh, that pretty much wraps up everything I wanted to cover today. Uh, make sure you guys visit the website SotoMojo.com for all your Seattle Mariners content. Um, right now, we're... Uh, we Wrapping up our top 40 uh, prospects, finally. Uh, number three dropped today. Uh, number two and number one will be done by the end of the week. Um, we're also uh, going around the infield and kind of grading um, grading each position. We have our, our catcher grades up. Um, spo- uh, spoiler alert, the uh, the Mariners did quite well behind the dish. Uh, mm-hmm. this year so uh go ahead and, and check.
0: speaking and speaking of the arizona fall league we'll have updates for you guys since it is kind of hard to get a whole lot of information especially on specific players and how they do uh from that league especially when it's not televised and all that stuff so we'll have that for you guys as well um so yeah a lot of great stuff
1: yep and uh, in the next couple of weeks we'll really start to dive into our off-season stuff we've kind of been holding back a little bit and i know you guys are really anxious about uh you know, free agent articles and uh, trade ideas and things like that. And we'll kick that up on roughly October 1st. Um, as soon as the Mariner season is over, we'll we'll start doing all that stuff. So uh, it's a fun time for the website. Make sure you guys visit SotoMojo.com. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. If you want to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Um, you follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. You can follow Ty on Twitter, at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z on Twitter. You can also follow me, at CPAT11, spelled like it sounds. Um, Make sure you guys, like I said, make sure you guys visit the website. Uh, It really helps us out. And uh, we appreciate any questions you might send us. Hopefully next time more than one of you will. Uh, But thank (laughs) you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace.